0: Screw It Up, a guide to pregnancy and parenthood by people figuring it out as they go.
1: Each episode, we'll be grappling with the fact that someone is depending on us to keep them alive and explore exactly what that means.
0: So this episode is called Taking a Practice Lap."
1: We'll be talking about our experience visiting our friends who are parents and getting a preview of what is to come.
0: All right, so this is like the fourth take we've had on the intro because we're clearly a little rusty at this.
1: A little bit. It's been at least six weeks or so. Yeah,
0: combination of going on vacation for winter, Christmas, all that good stuff. And And
1: then we just went on our baby moon last weekend. Yeah, that's a thing. It's been pretty busy, needless to say. Um, Third trimester has a lot of things that we got to plan. Yeah. So now... I mean, we really just kind of wanted to tell you about our last uh, few weeks. There's been a lot of new developments and kind of wanted to just kind of just talk about being parents again.
0: Yeah. So like as I alluded to, we took some time off uh, to go back to Chicago, visit some friends and family for Christmas. And a big part of that trip back was seeing a lot of friends who have kids. I guess that sort of happens when you're in your 30s. Everybody you know has kids, right?
1: Well, not everyone. Not everybody. Come come back to California. Not, not that many people have children at this age.
0: Yeah, but a fair number of our friends back in Chicago have kids. Yes, that's true. Um, I mean, we've got some friends who one of their kids is basically a timer for how long we've been in California because he was born... I don't know, a week before we left town.
1: Yep. So, yep. yeah,
0: that's always a nice reminder.
1: Now he's going to kindergarten. Yeah,
0: that <laughs> is terrifying how long we've been out here.
1: Five and a half years yeah. in the Bay Area. We love it here.
0: So, yeah, went back to Chicago, talked to a lot of friends, saw saw some old friends, and saw their kids. And some of them were old enough to even talk to us and interact with us. It was really interesting. Um, so... I don't know, I think it was really powerful to get this sort of preview from people we know really well, people we really relate to and sort of see what their life is like from this perspective of somebody who's about to get into that lifestyle ourselves.
1: Yeah, it was it was all about like the, you know, what you do and don't want to do while parenting, kind of just hoping that everybody else goes through that experience first so we can learn from them. Kind of like when you start going to other people's weddings. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, I don't want to do that at my (laughs) wedding. And you start judging everything.
0: (laughs) But I think now that we're actually about to have a kid, it's a different perspective. So before, you know, before we had a kid along the way and visited some friends who had kids, like, oh, look, they have to chase after a screaming child all the time. Why gonna, can't they
1: just shut them up? Yeah, I'm gonna I don't understand. am going to just go home and do
0: whatever I want because I have no responsibilities. Yeah. But like, now, no. How
1: many times have you been on an airplane and there's a screaming child and you're just like, ooh, at your wits end being like, I really wish that they would do something about that. I really wish that they would lock that child up in the bathroom and then I could go back to sleep.
0: I bet the overhead bins are soundproof. <laughs> but now with a kid along the way, I'm like, all right, I get it. You start to empathize a little bit more. You're
1: like, oh, God, I'm going to be that parent.
0: I'm not happy about it, buddy. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I think we got uh, one of the biggest takeaways was really just the diversity of situations that people were in. So, obviously, we saw some friends who didn't have any kids. Not everybody has a kid. Uh, And then we saw some people who have as many as four kids, which... Seems like a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Having one kid on the way seems like a I lot mean, of work.
1: we yeah, we had a, we had friends who had one kid, two kids, three kids, four kids. It was a, a wide variety of, of people kids. that we saw. Seriously.
0: Babies, <laughs> babies are fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere babies it's
1: crazy. And even even our friends who don't have kids, the interesting thing was that like you could tell that they were starting to get used to everyone around them starting to produce reproduce yeah it's
0: just kind of acceptable that there might be some kids you
1: might bring children along that's just kind of how it is like you know your parties just aren't the same anymore you're not going to play beer pong you're not going to get wasted anymore it's like well we probably still need to maintain some level of you know sobriety it's still
0: a little tricky like i noticed (laughs) in some situations it was easy to forget there were kids there and i don't know you swear or be yelling about something or doing something generally dumb. And And then
1: someone would like hit you in the ribs and be like, there's a five-year-old over there. Shh. She repeats stuff. (laughs) (laughs) She's like a parrot. She's going to say everything that you're going to say. So, yeah, I mean, I think like just overall, you know, where we're going with this is that like we ended up learning a ton just through observation and through Mm -hmm. talking to our friends and just – you know, like, everybody has such a wide um, experience yeah. as Turns a parent. Out most of them
0: are pretty good parents, too, as far as I can tell. Yeah. All their kids are alive.
1: <laughs> and they seem to be intelligent enough that they're, you know, speaking and reading at the times that they expect to be doing that.
0: The parents are intelligent enough? No, I mean the children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every one of you who's listening, you guys have done a great job with your kids. <laughs> So um, I guess one of the things, you know, like now that I am fully, uh, obviously pregnant. There's a lot of you. There is a lot of me. Everywhere that I walk into now, every, you know, no, people are not embarrassed to talk to me about my pregnancy anymore. Whereas before, like you, you, about a month ago, yeah, people weren't quite sure if I was fat or, you know, should they offer me a seat? Is that offensive? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's pretty obvious now. It's
1: really obvious now. You're so, beyond
0: the like mistaking somebody for a little chunky stage.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good work. So, so as a result of that, I've, I've started to talk to a lot of people about pregnancy, and I guess um, the big takeaway is that everybody's birth experience is totally different from one another. Surprise, surprise, right? Who knew? Um, I mean, it was like I've I've talked to people about their horror stories of having long, agonizing births um, where like you know everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong but the baby still turned out okay so yeah. that's great um but then i was i found a lot of solace and comfort in talking to friends who pretty much told me like they had a great pregnancy they just loved it i mean if they could be pregnant all the time well, if they could drink wine and be pregnant all the time, then they would.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Emily's takeaway. Like, if I could be drinking, I wouldn't mind being pregnant.
1: <laughs> Which, I don't know if I'm at that stage of pregnancy. I wouldn't say this is, like, the easiest time in the world, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. Um, but, um, you know, some people had some pretty quick and efficient deliveries where it was... Pain meds, baby came out, just, you know, not very many problems. Yeah, it was great. It
0: was definitely nice to hear some people talk about positive experiences because it seems like people mostly talk about the horrific stuff that just makes for a better story, saying that definitely I went in. definitely stands out in your mind a yeah, lot more. <laughs> when your story is I went in, got an epidural, a couple hours later I had a baby in my hand, like that's not a very harrowing tale.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: but it's kind of the story maybe you want to hear.
1: Yep, exactly. Right. So, you know, that being said, I'm I'm bracing myself for any situation possible, yeah. but um, at the same time, like, you know, expecting the best out of it.
0: It was good to hear a few stories about people who didn't think twice about getting an epidural. I think especially, uh, especially around the Bay Area, people are a little bit more inclined to push towards natural birth and it's pretty easy to get caught up in reading all the pros and cons of epidurals and natural birth and all that stuff and to hear people who just said yeah i went and did it being in pain sounds terrible made for an easy birth i have many healthy children as a result of it like it was nice to hear that counterbalance yeah yeah,
1: We'll go into the details of an actual birth plan like in a future episode. I don't <laughs> want to really focus on that so yeah. much. But yeah, just hearing like all of the different types of births that people did and, and how easy or difficult it was, yeah. I think was, was all like really enlightening for me.
0: They seem to all result in children.
1: <laughs> yes, they all have kids eventually. Um, and I guess one of the other things that I just learned recently is to keep my bags packed, ready to go to the hospital at 36 weeks. Yeah, uh, that's two weeks from now. So scary, <laughs> but you know, just be prepared because it can it can come. He can come at any point in time. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of it is really just about doing what's best for you, and um, you know, figuring figuring all that stuff out. So we'll talk about that in a future episode, as I said. As we actually plan. (laughs) We're terrible
0: planners. We don't really have a birth plan beyond, like, go to hospital, come home with baby.
1: But I'm hiring a doula, so she's going to help me with that.
0: Yeah. It's like a (laughs) wedding planner, but for birth. For your birth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is that how that works? Yeah, she's totally a coach. She's going to be great. It's awesome. (laughs) So um, I guess one of the other big takeaways or one of the big things that we learned um, during our Christmas break was also about being very present in the moment. Like with your children, it just seems like time goes by so quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we've said this many, many (laughs) times, but like the, uh, the years go by super fast, but the days... Are slow. Wait, I think I messed that up. Yeah, the
0: days are long, the years are short. <laughs>
1: yes, that. <laughs> See, you're much more efficient than I. That's I probably ho- true. I hope that's no, that isn't a reflection of how my birth is going to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little meandering.
1: Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah.
0: But really, spending time with friends and their kids, you got a great sense of appreciation of just all the moments that were happening with them. Uh, you know, somebody bringing over a toy to share, like a book to read to us, or just a kids wanting to talk to you or show you whatever they were interested in. And I think that being present gets you through the, you know, the good times, all the like interesting stuff your kid wants to do, but also the really terrible things when everything's going wrong. Um, and when everything's
1: going to shit, literally. Yeah, like <laughs> literally someone was telling us about an explosive diaper that somehow projectiled all over the christmas tree.
0: Yeah, like the some the kids somehow projectile pooped on a christmas tree. <laughs>
1: yeah. How do you even clean that? Do you just take the christmas tree out back and hose it down?
0: I mean, and the kid too. <laughs> I guess so. Trees do get pooped on in nature.
1: Right, but I mean, you have all your ornaments and everything on it. Not quite sure how you handle that.
0: Parenting,
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, so be present. Find the hilarity in every situation.
0: Well, and I think some of the important part of being present is recognizing that it uh, is recognizing the importance of letting go of whatever plans you had in a situation, or just not worrying about things going perfectly and worrying about just being there while things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really just
1: connecting with your kid as yeah. much as possible. I mean, like these are stories that you're going to have 10, 20, 30 years down the line and yeah. you're going to be laughing about it.
0: So I really liked Emily's story. Uh, friend Emily was telling us about, uh, this road trip with her and her husband and her kids and just everything that could go wrong was going wrong. It was just torrential downpour. They had, uh, I don't know, just rushed to find some place to stay along the way. And they had had to pull over. Somebody had to pee or something like that at some uh, scummy gas station. And at, both her and her husband were just in kind of crummy moods. Everything was going wrong that could go wrong. And so they take one of their kids out of the car. And he is just beside himself with joy that it is raining. He's never seen it rain this hard. And he is splashing around in puddles. And she just kind of shared this cool moment of uh, her husband Jim and her kid just playing in the rain and enjoying the rain. And this thing that for adults should have been this major inconvenience was just this absolute wonderful experience for their kid. And that being present with how the kid was experiencing all this stuff, that was really cool and really interesting to see how you could take what seems inconvenient to you as this brand new cool experience to your kid and latch on to your kid's emotions and that. And I think, I don't know, that was just such a powerful story of being present in something. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It turns around the situation when you can mentally just think about it in a positive light. Right. Rather than thinking about how soaked and terrible everything is and, yeah, just just yeah. being like, look, I'm playing with my child. Like yeah. how many opportunities do you get to just stop and really have fun, right?
0: Right. I think maybe <clears throat> a lot of things are terrible or inconvenient because they go against whatever you had in mind for the situation. And from another perspective, they might just be interesting or novel. Right. And you know, I know it's a pipe dream to hope that going to just see the bright side of everything. There's going to be times where I think both of us are going to be super pissed and super tired and that oh, perspective yeah. is going to be hard. I'm going to want
1: to rip your face off at some point in time. I know. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure like lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of sleepless nights, just, you know, having chapped and raw nipples. Sorry that was really graphic. <laughs> just, there's probably going to be a lot of horrible moments <laughs> Where I'm going to not have a lot of patience. Right. But But we can
0: aspire to it.
1: But but we can aspire to it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We don't have to necessarily be better people, just want to be better people.
1: (laughs) Isn't that all that we can give anyways? (laughs) So, I mean, to go along with that, I mean, you know, one of the things that I was uh, talking to my friend Nicole about is being present while breastfeeding, which seems like like a, a silly thing to even really think too much about
0: cuz that seems like excellent netflix time.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, so I I fully have plans to like read during um during breastfeeding or you know be on my phone like facebook messaging people or like watching Marathons of TV shows and things like that. Like
0: I've kind of been saving up Westworld for when the kid shows up. Right. I yeah. mean,
1: because you're you're spending so many hours with this thing just latched onto you, um, and it and and like the baby is constantly feeding. That you know what else are you going to do at that time, right? But one of the things that um, she said was, or she said that made a huge difference from her from her perspective as as a new parent is just like putting down the phone for a second and kind of really being in the moment with her child and being like, I am keeping this child alive. Like I am feeding this child. I'm giving this child sustenance. And she was just saying that like that connection was so powerful and she hadn't felt that for so long because she had been spending all this time on her phone pretty much. (laughs) So, so I think just like taking taking those moments to every once in a while be like, wow, this is pretty incredible, yeah. like what I'm doing just right now. Take
0: a deep breath, pause, and develop a bit of a God complex. Yeah. <laughs> I am life.
1: <laughs> yes, I am Gaia Mother Earth. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. It's true. <laughs> we we make fun of it, but it like, I mean, like that is that's amazing. Like I'm gonna have those emotional moments. I know I am. <laughs>
0: And I'll say snarky things to snap you out of it.
1: Uh, yeah, that's super helpful. Dave. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, I guess another big thing that um, I I, I realize just by talking to our friends is doing things that like continue to make you you mm-hmm. and to keep you sane through yeah. the whole process.
0: <laughs> and I think on this side of things, it's easy to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay me. I'm gonna." you know, keep looking out for myself. But I do really believe that's going to be easier said than done once there's a kid here. And I think there's going to be a lot of instinct to just put the kid first in everything or worry so much about everything and it drive yourself nuts trying to optimize that. Because
1: well, he looks so tiny and fragile and like you want to do everything that you can. But I mean, kids are pretty resilient.
0: Yeah, I always heard like, all, all babies want to do is live and they'll make sure to tell you how to help with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah one of the things that um you know i was talking to katie about was how like breastfeeding can be very hard and there's going to be a lot of people that push you into it and you know you should definitely make whatever choice is best for you um but i mean if you're having a difficult time or you're not producing enough or you know like your your baby is hungry like you need to find a way to feed him or her and it's okay to feed them formula sometimes. Like it is not going to ruin them. Yeah, <laughs> They're going to turn out to be a fine human being as long as you raise them. Right. Um, but just like little things like that, like if, if it's just too difficult to do something and you really just need to be able to provide in some way, like sometimes the easier route is, is fine Yeah, and you shouldn't like, feel guilty about
0: that yeah don't lose your mind over these little battles like it's it's not about every little thing that you have to stand your ground on it's about the sort of holistic experience of making your kid happy and healthy and there's going to be give and take in that and I think yeah the takeaway I got from talking to people is that when you do things to help keep your sanity it really is best for the kid it it keeps you you and by having a a strong presence you you project that to your kid, and I think you become a better parent because of that if you don't lose yourself entirely
1: totally yeah i mean and and in saying that, I mean, like still continue to do the hobbies that you have as much as you can, obviously, yeah. <laughs> given the time restraints that you may have but that was that was the other big thing was like. If if you devote yourself so much to your children, like you don't end up doing things that are enjoyable anymore, yeah. and then you just end up like being depressed and just yeah. like not having a good time, you know, like well, that's not that that's was not actually good a big for thing of
0: uh, having breakfast with Dane. So he, I think, since he's had kids, has written a full novel, and it's a really good novel, and that was just really inspiring to me to see that he was able to carve out time while still being a great dad to work on a creative project that was important for him and I think one that's great of him to continue doing things that make him him and that are really important to him and two just it was very inspiring to see him able to do that in you know in conditions that seem hard he's got two kids he's got a job he's got all that stuff uh, that was really cool to see, and mm-hmm. I don't know, that was important for me going in to see that it is possible if you're uh, dedicated enough and work hard enough that you can continue doing some things besides just go to work and take care of your kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, we have friends that continue to run marathons and triathlons and, like, Bake elaborate cakes and you know read all like read new novels all the time yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's uh, totally totally doable. Yeah, you may need to make a few concessions or you may need to hire some help in order to do sure. it, but <laughs> you can make it work. Um, I thought it was also funny too that um, uh, our friend Emily like met us up at the bar. She's the one who has four children.
0: Yeah. And like half her kids were sick and her husband was sick. And so she's like, you know, he can take care of them for the night. I'm going to go have a drink and a burger with you guys and it'll be fine. It, you can just take a night away. It'll be okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. that she, uh, she abandoned the family and uh, came out to see us and have a drink with us.
0: But I think that goes to speak <laughs> you it's not abandoning it's just sort of you take time for yourself sometimes and that's important and i think if there's that proper balance that that's really healthy and really good for everybody involved i don't know that was really cool to see mm-hmm.
1: totally um i guess another big thing was kind of using your kid as a way to learn new stuff yeah i mean sure like if, if my kid was asking me, like, why the sky is blue, I would probably have a really half-assed answer. <laughs> yeah. But taking the time to actually, like, sit down, research it, figure it out with your kid, and sort of discover these answers with them is kind of cool. Like, yeah. It gives you an opportunity to just do that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I'm most excited about having a kid is being able to see all these things that,
1: through the wonderment of someone's eyes who have never experienced it or have no like preconceived notions of what that is. There's a
0: lot of stuff that might seem mundane now and to be able to experience it for the first time with somebody else is going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think like Brent and Melissa are doing a really good job of that. Brent is this very, very uh, on the nose engineer and he loves seeing how things work and he loves explaining to their daughter, like how things work. Um, you know, he showed her how the HVAC system. Uh, this is like a how old is? How was her kid? Eighteen months?
1: Uh, yeah, she was about a year and a half.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, showed her how the HVAC system works in their house, and showed her how speakers make sound and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and.
1: So, like, Elise will literally, like, go to the return vent, and she understands that that's where it starts from. Yeah. That it pulls in air from that, and then she goes to the other vents, and then she can see it blow out. And she knows that there's a whole duct system that, like, is is pushing that out there. Yeah.
0: Like, it's super cute that the HVAC system is, like, their thing. <laughs>
1: she can't even, like, really speak right now. I mean, I think yeah. she can say a few words, but... Yeah, but she understands HVAC systems, so like I don't
0: know, somebody has to.
1: She'll she'll be good at fixing her house later on. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think food is another thing that will be really fun to share. Like kids get really excited by new foods and you know foods from different cultures, and it's a really good opportunity to. My kids, you mean me? Yes, children like you, (laughs) whose goal is to just eat everything. But, like, it's a good opportunity to learn, like, why is this part of a culture? What, What's its origin? Like, all that stuff. There can be more of a conversation around all the weird-shaped fruits in the back of the Asian grocery store.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can go and check out all the Dungeness crabs and then eat them because yeah. they're delicious. Yes, we can <laughs> eat all
0: of the crabs. And so I suppose along with that... Um, I don't know, having kids seems like a way to develop almost new interests as your kids sort of move on to a point where they're starting to get into things on their own.
1: As long as they have, like, good interests. Yeah,
0: that is, that is a worry of mine. But, like, I, I mean, don't mean,
1: like, what if they're into something super lame, you know? Yeah. And you got to support them because you're their parent.
0: But sometimes they're into, like, really interesting things. Like, I really hope Minecraft is still a thing. I think that would be fun to play with a kid. Or uh, I know Dane's kids are super into Pokemon and Dane was telling me he still plays Pokemon Go just so he can show his (laughs) son like new stuff that he caught. I like that he has pastimes that he started doing because they relate to his kids' interests. Like Uh I think that's really cool. And so I'm excited to find things that maybe wouldn't have interested me on my own, but they'll interest me because my kid's interested in them.
1: Like those little hatchable things?
0: yeah those were creepy
1: we just found out about what those were because we spent way too much time at baby's rs the other day yeah apparently another
0: story yeah if
1: you're <laughs> a parent you know what a hatchable is but if you're not a parent it's essentially this giant egg thing that you're supposed to like rub and
0: mm-hmm. like
1: take care of and then eventually it hatches on its own like there's a bird that kind of pecks through it yeah but it's it's almost like a furby inside of a, an egg it's weird anyways yeah totally weird but sure. kind of cool and i I kind of wish we had a kid so that I could get
0: one. <laughs> no, they're like 80 bucks and they don't work.
1: <laughs> and they kind of swear.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think tried and true things like Legos, that's where it's at. Like seeing uh, Russ uh, play with. Russ really got to put together a lot of Legos. I think their kid, you know, got the Legos for Christmas, but Russ got to really play with them.
1: He did not seem to mind that there were Legos all over the table. No. Um, to be fair, we did put together like these micro Legos yesterday uh, just because, you know, we had a little bit of free time and Dave's dad decided that he was going to get our little baby <laughs> these micro Legos, which if if you are a parent, you probably know that you shouldn't give a child a regular size Lego. Sure. Because like they, a newborn. They can swallow it, <laughs> yeah. and it's probably very dangerous. But the micro Legos, just imagine them like a quarter of the size. <laughs> so they're clearly not made for babies they (laughs) might
0: have said for ages 14 and up on the box
1: but but (laughs) with the best of intentions he he did get our babies like these tiny little micro legos that were actually pretty awesome so dave and i spent the night putting them together
0: just to be safe we played with them yeah yeah
1: Yeah. exactly
0: (laughs) so yeah legos pretty clutch
1: Yep, yep yep totally clutch Um, yeah. So another big thing, uh, being adaptable. Yeah. I think that was kind of like a huge lesson, um, that I learned from everyone we spoke to. I think one
0: of the biggest takeaways.
1: Yeah. Every, every kid is going to be different. Mm -hmm. They're going to be whiny at different times. They're gonna want this or that and you're gonna be in a different environment unless you decide that you're going to keep them at home for the first 10 years of their life which you know you do sounds you super
0: depressed, but that
1: sounds awful yeah.
0: <laughs> new year's eve i was so impressed with josh and Allie. uh their kid was just an absolute trooper and actually made it to midnight their kid was wide awake and happy and pleasant at midnight i i think he was drinking oh, yeah, champagne
1: he was, was parting hardy yeah I'm pretty sure that's what they put in the bottle. Yeah. A little like, bit of bubbly. I'm
0: sure they, you know, had hell to pay for that the next day when his sleep schedule was all screwed up, screwed up. but they were adaptable. They, like, they managed it's to take advantage of the situation and the fact that, you know, they didn't have to do the same thing every night, and there's yeah. give and take for that. But it it let them have a night with friends, and it was kind of fun that there was yeah. a baby at the ball drop.
1: And they, well... The star rising because that's apparently Chicago Chicago's rising. new thing. shytown Town Rising, it's totally lame. Look it up. It's essentially just a star on the side of the building that rises instead of the ball dropping. Yeah. Not very very anticlimactic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, no, Henry was, was doing a great job. He was he was totally like, you know, partying hardy with everybody and uh and Josh and Ellie got to hang out and and have fun with us and I think like typically in that situation like they probably would have left it I don't know 10 o'clock 9 o'clock or something but uh we were pretty impressed that they made it out that long
0: Mm -hmm. and also you know we had uh brunch a couple times with uh Brent and Melissa I was super impressed that you know they just got it together brought their kid out to brunch Sometimes she needed to get up and run around or needed to bring out coloring books or whatever. But they were committed to seeing people and to getting together and... Having adult conversations. Yeah, and making sure she saw things that weren't just the inside of their house. So I thought that was cool. Well,
1: they also did fly out from Phoenix, too. So, I mean, I think everything about that environment was a little bit (laughs) unfamiliar
0: to her. But the recognition that... That's not the easiest thing for them to do. And it was cool that they were willing to be adaptable and make it happen. Yeah. That's cool. Very inspiring.
1: Well, she got to pick her own sunglasses too. They're pretty awesome. Harry Potter sunglasses.
0: Yeah. And so I guess just as a part of that, like it is challenging to maintain a social life and just maintain a life in general. Uh, Kids are going to take up a bunch of time and seeing that firsthand was, uh, (laughs) very impactful. Um, it seemed to really help when people had other parent friends for support, when you could get together and let your kids play with each other for a little while and give you a little bit of time to maybe speak to another adult uh, without being interrupted every two minutes by your toddler. Like (laughs) that seemed valuable. Uh, I went over to see uh, Corey and Sarah and, you know, both their kids hung out and played while they did crafts on the floor and, seemed to bring a little sanity into their lives. Like they were able to get some stuff done. Their kids, I don't know, fought over a toy drill and fed hot dogs to the dog. (laughs) Everything worked out really well.
1: The dog was happy too. Yeah,
0: I think everybody had a great (laughs) afternoon. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like I said, if you uh, need some extra time to yourself, sometimes that means hiring a little bit of help. Or getting uh, some parents um, to, to help you out there. Yeah, I think
0: that's a big thing, too. Like, it's okay to get a babysitter, ask for help and all that.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess maybe to kind of summarize our our trip back to Chicago and our visit of babies We're much in the wiser wild. now. Yes. We're,
1: we're parental sages. <laughs> yes. Even though we're still preterm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, like, Jane Goodall observing the, like, child chimps.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure
0: our friends will appreciate that analogy, right?
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: So I think, you know, big takeaway, obviously, all kids are different. Like, there's no, you know, perfect way that's going to work for every kid um, for anything you're trying to solve. And I think you just have to deal with that.
1: Yeah. And all their personalities are different. So you kind of just have to like adapt your style to whoever they are and figure out who that little person is. Yeah.
0: And I saw that a lot with people with multiple kids. You know, they finally get it figured out with the first kid and the second one would be totally different. And what worked for the first didn't work for the second, didn't work for the third, um, yeah. and so on down the line. So many children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't the first one always a perfect child and then the second one is a devil child?
0: <laughs> so I've heard.
1: Mm, and <laughs> the second one.
0: Good job. <laughs> I suppose in the same vein, there's no correct parenting style. Like, we saw people do things a lot of different ways and they were all great parents who produced great kids. Um, and in some ways that's really comforting um, that You know, there's no perfect way to do it. So uh, making some small variation to a recommendation isn't going to screw your kids up for life. But in other ways, it's a little scary. Like you have to figure out every problem on its own and be adaptable. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um... I am reading this book, however, called Origins.
0: (laughs) I don't know why you're reading this. It's just like scaring yourself of all the things you're doing to screw up your kid before he's even born.
1: So I've only gone through like a chapter and a half, but it's about, um, so far it's been about epigenetics and essentially how you can turn on and off genes Mm -hmm. while um, the baby is in utero. So like while you're pregnant, Um, depending on what you eat or certain, like, trauma in your life or just various things, like, whatever happens to you during pregnancy can affect how the baby ends up for the rest of their life, Mm -hmm. which I realize, like, sounds like it's doom and gloom. But but I do think that, like, taking a, you know, positive approach um, and then trying to do the right things, I think will end up with generally positive like really good kids. Yeah, I agree. So I think, I mean, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. I'm not saying sure. that I've already screwed up my child because it's already been almost eight months. Yeah,
0: this would be a little early to consider him screwed up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying not to screw it up. It's in the title.
0: All right, we'll keep trying. <laughs> uh, I think another thing was find your own tolerance for chaos. Figure out what you can deal with uh, when things aren't going to go right or you're just not going to be able to control whatever situation. Like, figure out what you're okay with and, yeah, do situations that allow that tolerance. I think it'll let you experience more things. It'll let you have uh, more interesting adventures with your kid. Yep. And yep. I think figuring that out's hard, but I think recognizing that it's a tolerance not a elimination of chaos is very important.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and I've heard from from various parents that like putting certain boundaries in place to limit some of that chaos helps too for your yeah. for your own sanity. Like, you know, having strict bedtimes or yeah. you know, um bringing your kids to situations of which you have somewhat of control over that type of thing. Yeah. So just do it based off of how much you know you can handle.
0: Yeah. And then I think one of the major takeaways was treat your kids like people. Uh, we were talking with some friends about just some overarching ideas that, you know, a lot of good parents we've seen, uh, tried to espouse and a lot of it was treat them like people. Uh, they're not idiots. Don't, don't baby them like Talk to them as if they're smart enough to understand what you're saying, and they'll probably respond as if they're smart enough to understand what they're saying. But on the other side, don't treat them like royalty. Don't let them boss you around and run your life, because I think it can be tempting for somebody who's so important to you to let them call the shots. So I think if you treat them like people, it seems like a good way to help them grow up to be well-grounded, but also curious and, uh, confident individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Again, this is all stuff that we're gleaning from other people. Yeah. We, this is not our personal experience as of right now.
0: Yeah. It's really (laughs) easy to talk smart on this side of birth. Yeah. So we're going to take advantage of that for as long as we can.
1: Like I said, we can be judgmental on this side of it
0: for like six more weeks. We can act smart.
1: Right. Exactly. And last but not least. Yeah, I think
0: the most important thing that we really more confirm than learn is that Legos are super awesome. Yes. Like may like one of the main reasons I think people become parents is just an excuse to spend a lot of money on Legos. We are
1: going to have a lot of Legos yeah. in this house. It's going to
0: be pretty we awesome. We have
1: a bin full of Legos from Dave's childhood yeah. that are waiting for us at his parents' house right now. Yeah. We will have a lot
0: of Legos. It's gonna be great. <laughs>
1: So right now, here's the segment of baby size. Um, we are at 34 weeks, as I had mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, that means the baby's around 17, 18 inches on average. Um, mine might be a little bit littler because I'm a little person. So <laughs> we don't know. We don't actually have an ultrasound um, left before the birth. Um, so... That is about the size of a pineapple. Yeah,
0: that was the best thing I could find. But I didn't have time to get a full pineapple. I kind of wanted to cut one up actually on the air and make a huge mess at the desk. But I did scarf into find it. some pineapple chunks. I actually had to pull these out of a soup. So they probably a I taste made a, a delicious like sweet
1: and sour fish soup yeah. that has pineapple in it. It's a Vietnamese thing. It's delicious. Yeah.
0: So, uh... It's getting harder to eat a whole thing the size of the baby, but I think still, in order to establish dominance over the baby, I have to keep eating these. So I'm going to eat these pineapple chunks, and why don't you go into your picks?
1: I really think that the next time around, you should eat the entire thing. Okay. All right. I'm going to challenge you to that.
0: These two just taste kind of weird and soupy.
1: <laughs> it probably tastes a little fishy. Yeah. Um, so my pick of the week is um, just generally prenatal massages. Dave got me a bunch of massages for Christmas, which I very, very much am grateful for. Um, and i've I've sort of been complaining about how my body's kind of hurts a little bit and how I, I just need some uh, tender love and care. And so he actually got a recommendation from another friend of ours um, who got a prenatal massage. And so I went over and got one this morning. and I will say it was amazing. Totally worth it. Like they kind of put you on the side because they know exactly like what parts, um, you know, they can touch and put pressure on without putting pressure on your stomach and you know affecting the baby in a negative way. So I left feeling very relaxed and feeling like my hips and my you know, lower back that have been kind of killing me for a while have been worked through a little bit more, kind of de-stressed from it all. So I would recommend doing that before and then also after.
0: Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that worked out well for you. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Oh, shout out to her. Um, her name is Allison Luke. If you're in the Bay Area, I would highly recommend her.
0: Nice. How about yours? So my pick is a little weird. I'm going to pick a can of paint.
1: Oh, you would.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, just finished painting the baby's room a weird green color.
1: It's not that weird. It's kind of weird.
0: Uh, and so. It's like a little bit lime greeny, but bit. it's pretty. So we ended up going with this Benjamin Moore Natura paint uh, because we wanted stuff that had no VOCs. And in case our kid does end up eating paint chips off the wall, as kids probably do sometimes, um, it's lead
1: free. Yeah.
0: Like it's basically just non toxic wall candy and
1: Uh, i don't know about that
0: (laughs) it's fine he can eat paint off the wall
1: and and it's it's supposed to be easy to clean too yeah which is nice exactly
0: so it was really nice like painted the whole thing without that horrible paint smell in the house Mm -hmm. um things like that go a long way when you're doing household projects yeah so that was kind of a nice little peace of mind sort of thing so the natura paint from benjamin moore
1: yep all right put a link up on the website too
0: So that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, We wanted to, you know, plug all our outlets. Uh, Find us at don'tscrewituppodcast.com. Check us out on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. And definitely find us on Facebook. And like us. Like us. And leave
1: us comments. We're likable. We're totally likable. All
0: right. See you guys next time.
1: Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Bye.